morning and welcome to Midweek Service. It's great to see everyone. Although I can't see you right now, I can only look at my notes. But uh, I hope you everybody is doing well and you're you're having a wonderful week. Um, I'm anticipating that the the hour we're going to gain uh, from turning our clocks back, we're going to lose it trying to get to church because uh, I remember last year, you know, we parked our cars somewhere way on Atlantic and just walked. And so uh, uh, let's uh, let's get up early on Saturday, sorry Sunday, and uh, make our way to 88 Hanson Place. You're going to need the time. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing everybody on Sunday. We've been talking about the call to follow Jesus. And tonight, I hope this message encourages you. Because tonight, we're going to talk about the call to encourage others and to be encouraged. The call to encourage others and to be encouraged. In Hebrews chapter 12, in verse 5, I'm reading from the Amplified. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5. It says, and you have forgotten the divine word of encouragement, which is addressed to you as sons. My son, do not make light of the discipline of the Lord and do not lose heart and give up when you are corrected by him. The scriptures are the divine word of God. It is addressed to us. It is addressed to me. It is addressed to you. And so the question is, how do you feel when a letter addressed to you is opened by someone else in your household without your permission? If you're anything like me, I don't like it. If I receive something in the mail and it has my name on it, I want to open it. Now, I know if it's a bill, you don't care if somebody else opens it, okay? But some of the other letters that are addressed to you, you want to be the one opening it. The Bible is addressed to each of us individually. It is God communicating with us, with me and with you. And God wants to encourage you today, every day from his word. And so I want to start off from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 15, as we talk about the call to be encouraged and to encourage others. In Romans chapter 15, begin verse 4. Romans chapter 15, begin verse 4. It says, for everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind, and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It says here that everything in the Bible was written for a reason. The entire Bible, both Old Testament and New Testament, was written to teach us. Obviously, in this passage, it's referring to the Old Testament. Because they didn't have the New Testament, quote-unquote, codified at that point. And you can look at the Bible as basically our textbook for this life. And it's just one. And it's written in very simple language. The Bible teaches us endurance. The Bible also encourages us. The Bible gives us hope. This is another reason we need to be in the word daily. We're all very familiar 
with Hebrews chapter 4, verses 12 and 13. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. It says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. He says, Nothing is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of whom we must give account. The Bible is very, very powerful. The word of God will get to parts of you and me that nothing else in this world can. And so whatever it is we're facing, whatever it is we're going through, any single day, the question we must ask ourselves is, what does the Bible say about this situation that you find yourself in? That's the question we must all ask. What does the Bible say about my situation that I'm in right now? And that is what you need to hold on to. That is what I need to hold on to. Not what my mind is telling me, not what the devil is trying to whisper in my ears, but what does the Bible say about what I'm going through right now? Because it is through the scriptures that we find encouragement. And that's why it's very important, brothers and sisters, that we use the word when we talk to each other. We use the word when we talk to other people because it provides encouragement. And as far as I know, God is the biggest encourager that I know of. And you and I can never do better than the word of God itself. And that's why it's important that we really allow the Bible to encourage us. And if you and I are not in it daily, we're simply uh, depriving ourselves about from the encouragement that God really wants to give to us. Okay? Because God can always say it better. The word encourage is used 24 times in the NIV. The word encouragement is used 11 times. In the Greek, is the word atheno. Atheno. Excuse me. Atheno. Okay? And the Bible encourages more. It encourages us more than anything else I know. It means to cheer. It means to embolden. That's what that word means. And so when the Bible tells us to encourage one another, it says we need to cheer each other up. All right? When the Bible says for, for you and I to to be encouraged by the scriptures, the Bible em emboldens us. It gives us courage. And so the question is, are we really using it daily? Are we allowing it to encourage us? And then we turn around and use it to encourage others. Because again, you've heard me say so many times, you can't give away what you don't have. We need to allow the scriptures to encourage us and then we'll be in a position to use it to encourage other people. Brothers and sisters, you and I know very clearly that, that it, is it, it, excuse me, it is in the Bible that we see God. It is in the Bible that we see his power. It is in the Bible that we learn about his grace and so many different things about him. And so I'm asking us again tonight, are you encouraged by God's word? How often do you use it to encourage others? Tonight, I hope as I, as I go through these passages, they will encourage your soul. Lamentations chapter 3. I reference this this past Sunday. Lamentations chapter 3 verse 21. It says, yet this I call to mind, and therefore I hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, 
the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. This is the, the passage where the song, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. This is where it comes from. A lot of the songs, that's where a lot of the songs come from, where people read those passages and it inspires them to write a song and to write a hymn. And that's what I love about passages like this. But you see, every day, this passage tells us that God's compassion never fails, that they're new every morning. Notice, it doesn't say they're old. It says they're new every day. Every day is a new day. Tomorrow is going to be a new day. Sunday is going to be a new day. Does that encourage you? It needs to. Titus chapter 2, beginning in verse 11. We're just looking at a bunch of scriptures here. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Talking about the cross. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. While we wait for the blessed hope. The appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness. And to purify for himself a people that are his very own. Eager to do what is good. These then are the things you should teach. Encourage and rebuke with all authority. Do not let anyone despise you. Obviously, this is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, excuse me, Titus the Evangelist. I put this slide in the wrong place. Again, I make mistakes all the time. Uh, this was meant to be towards the end. But, you know, I'll talk about it here. It's here. It says, it's telling the Titus the Evangelist to encourage and rebuke without authority. Brothers and sisters, every time I preach or get on a pulpit or I'm talking to somebody one-on-one, -on -one, my authority comes from the scriptures as an evangelist. And just like the Apostle Paul is telling Titus, he says, I need you to encourage and rebuke with all authority. He says, do not let anyone despise you. No one. You know, um, if you subscribe to Disciples Today, there's hardly a month that goes by where you'll, you'll find a church that's looking for ministers. Because unfortunately, one of the things that happened when we went through whatever it is we went through, uh, I believe that was 2002. We lost a whole generation of leaders. We lost a whole generation of ministry people. Because what I heard happen in a lot of churches, as quote unquote, people were having open forums. Again, you can't show me open forum in the Bible. It was totally of the devil. Because people would get up and scream and yell at ministry people, if I have wronged you, you need to pull me aside and you need to come tell me what I've done or not done. That is what the Bible teaches. You don't do that in a forum that's open, so to speak. But 
What happened as a consequence of that, a lot of people left the ministry. And here we are 20 years later, we're still suffering the effects of it. My Bible says, do not despise people in authority. It's not done. They try that stuff in Lagos when I was there, where somebody got up and started to challenge one of our staff members. And other members of the church looked at him and said, sit down. Where do you think you are? Who do you think you're talking to? What gives you the right to talk to our leaders that way? Because in the African context, that's not done. It's extremely rude. And so this is in the Bible where we got to be very, very careful that we don't despise those in authority. But unfortunately today, we're suffering the effects of it. Even in New York, we're still looking for leaders. We're still looking to hire to fill our positions. But you see, it takes years to train up evangelists. It takes years to train up women's ministry leaders. And we're still suffering the effects of it because a bunch of people lost their minds back in 2002. And you know what's so interesting about all that whole thing? All those people that got up, that were challenging ministry people, they're no longer in the church. They left. I believe Satan used them. And then shortly after that, they, they just left. They dispersed. And you and I are left here 20 years later still suffering the consequences of what happened. It shouldn't be done. I'm not saying leaders should not be spoken to. But my Bible tells me that if I wrong you or if you wrong me, I should, I should pull you aside. Now, if I don't listen, then you bring somebody else in. That is what the Bible teaches. Deuteronomy chapter 31. Verse 6, it says, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1.9 also says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Isaiah 41 verse 10. So do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. All these passages and many more like it talk about the fact that there is nothing to fear because God is with me, because God is with you. And this is what needs to encourage you every day that no matter what you're going through, God says, don't be afraid. I got you. I'm right there with you. Not only is he with us, he's in us as Christians in the form of the Holy Spirit. And that's why we shouldn't be afraid. And that, this should encourage us, regardless of what is going on in our day. That you know what? When it's all said and done, God is with me. He's by my side. He's inside of me. And there's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be terrified about. In Acts chapter 14, from verse 21, talking about the apostles, talking about Paul and Barnabas, he says, they preached the gospel in that city and won a great, a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. Watch this. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. They reminded them. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they had put 
their trust. Obviously, Paul and Barnabas had planted churches on their first missionary journey. And in this situation, we're told that they went back, they returned. They were strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. You see, the day you and I decided to repent and get baptized, and we were added into God's church, that was the beginning. We got to make sure that we stay faithful to the very end. Okay? And you've heard me say this before. Satan doesn't care that you started this race. Satan doesn't care that now you're following God. But he wants to make sure that you don't finish. He wants to make sure that somewhere along the line, you turn your back on your God and on your faith. And that's why it's important that we continue to encourage each other to remain faithful. That, yes, when you're struggling, you need to let people know. The Bible says that we should carry one another's burdens so that we can help one another. Because this journey is going to take us the rest of our lives. Now, I don't know how many years you have. I don't even know how many years I have. Okay? And, but we need to remain faithful. That's part of our job as Christians, to make sure that we're encouraging each other. Okay? And it says, and it reminds us here that we're going to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. Yes, we're in the kingdom of God, but there's a huge side of it that we have not experienced yet. We experience it when we leave this place. And so, yes, there are going to be hardships that we're going to face. Okay? As we, as we, as, as we make our way towards heaven. But it's important that we continue to encourage each other to remain true to the faith. Romans chapter 1. Beginning in verse 10. It says, in my, in, in my prayers at all times, and I pray that now, at last, by God's will, the way may be opened for me to come to you. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Wow, that's very interesting. It says that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. When we see each other standing strong in the faith, despite our trials, it helps us to keep going. And so, do you have the kind of faith that encourages others? You know, I'm always so encouraged to see our daytimers, our senior citizens, our church, on Sundays. A lot of them have health challenges and they're there. They're not complaining. You know what that does to my faith? It truly encourages me because regardless of what I'm going through, when I, when I see those sisters, I'm like, wow. That encourages me because they're there to, to, to worship God with us. They, 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 now, it can, it's a lot more convenient for them just to stay at home and, and watch via Zoom or YouTube, but they come. And that's very encouraging to me. Just seeing them there encourages me. When you show up for service, you just being there encourages people. You may not realize it, but it does. And that's why it's so important that you and I are mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Again, in the fellowship, we're able to share with people what God is doing in our lives. Prayers that God has answered and is answering. And when you and I are able to be encouraged by each other's faith. Because we're calling on the same God. 
who regards all of us as his children. That is why it's so important. And again, I thank God for all this technology. I thank God for Zoom and all this stuff. But it, it's, it's, it's tough to, 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 be, to, be, to be encouraged when you're by yourself, just at home. Okay? And, but it's something else to, to be in a room full of Christians where we can encourage each other face to face. There is so much you see in terms of body language, you know, just in terms of also eye contact that you can't get by a Zoom or by a, uh, by a YouTube. First Thessalonians chapter two, verse 10. It says, you are witnesses, and so is God, of how holy, righteous, and blameless we were among you who believe. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. I'm going to get to a bunch of practicals in a second. All right? You see, this is the heart we all need to have as Christians toward each other. The heart that Paul had to the church in Thessalonica. Encouraging, comforting, and urging each other to live lives worthy of God who calls you into his kingdom and glory. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 2 to 4. The scripture I read earlier in Titus was meant to come after this one, but it's okay. It says, preach the word, prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. They will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths. Again, this is the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy the Evangelist. I received this charge as an evangelist many, many, many years ago. And it caused me to preach the word at all times. When I open up the Bible, whether it's in a Bible talk, whether it's on a Sunday, whether it's uh, at a midweek, or whether it's a one-on-one, -on -one, I am going to preach the word. I am not going to water it down. Why? Because the Bible commands me to do so. I think a lot of times we forget that as ministers, two things. Number one, the Bible tells us that as teachers, we're going to be judged more strictly. And secondly, we're also going to be given account to God one day. But it tells me here that I need to correct. And so, yes, there are times when I will correct us using the scriptures. I will correct you one-on-one -on -one using the scriptures. There are times using the scriptures, I will flat rebuke you. Okay? What is a rebuke? A rebuke is a sharp correction. Okay? When, you're, when, when a Christian is messing up, that is not the time to be patting them on the back. Uh-uh-uh-uh. It calls for rebuke. Usually when somebody is in sin. I'm not going to be... You know, they be dallying around and say, oh, how nice you are this is. I am going to flat rebuke you and call you to repentance. And he also says to encourage. And then to me, the, the most important part of this uh, command is with great patience and careful instruction. With great patience and careful instruction. Notice, he didn't just say patience. He says with great patience. To me, that's the most important part of this passage. That I have to keep on observing and living by throughout 
living the life of an evangelist and doing this work. But again, I'm doing it for the Lord. There will be times when I will correct. There will be times when I will rebuke. And there will be times when I will encourage. Because you and I are living in an age where people don't want to hear the truth anymore. And that's why you have a ton of preachers telling people what their itching ears want to hear. I did not give up my life and my career just to tell people, oh man, you are so wonderful. You are the nicest thing since life's break. No way. I gave up my life to preach the word of God. And like you've heard me say so many times uh, from the pulpit, and I'll say it again. I am not going to apologize for what the Bible teaches. It is not going to happen. I will keep on preaching the word in season and out of season. None of this watered down, mambi pambi Christianity. I don't even know how you translate that in, in Spanish. Okay? None of this just trying to make people feel good. If anything, my Bible talks about that in the, in the, uh, in, in the Gospels. Jesus is woe to you. When people speak nicely of you, say that was, that was the way they treated the false prophets. Okay? And so, I take this chart very, very seriously. And so if you're waiting for Richard to water things down and for Richard to just start, never talk about sin, you're going to wait a long time. Now let's talk about some practicals in encouraging others. Number one, express your love often. I don't know if I've talked about this, but if I've talked about it, forgive me, I'm going to talk about it again tonight because I think God wants you to hear it again. Number one, express your love often. Write people notes and cards. Tell them how much you appreciate them in your life. Don't take them for granted. Everyone appreciates being thought of by others. Everyone. Get in the habit of writing someone a note at every service. It doesn't have to be fancy paper. Think about what you will say to others in the fellowship to build them up. Again, the only way I know how to do that and do it well is face to face. All right? Number two, miss church only when you are sick. Even tonight, some of you have COVID. I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're in the privacy of your home. But on Sunday, physically, if you're not feeling well, please stay home. It's okay. But it's great to be together. The services are uplifting. The singing, the, 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 the sermons, the, the, the fellowship. Okay? When, when you miss church, besides being sick, you, you can't experience any of these things. Again, I'm thankful for Zoom. I'm thankful for YouTube. But it's not the same thing. And you know it and I know it. Missing church should be the exception. Now, if you're sick, if you've got a chronic illness, again, I, I, I get it. My heart goes out to you, but I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to some of us sometimes that, ah, today I decided to stay home because I was tired. I, I don't see that in the Bible. You're, de you're depriving yourself of a lot of encouragement. Number three, call and text people on the phone. Again, I thank God for these smartphones. Uh, back in the Old Testament, back in the New Testament times, obviously they had no telephones, and the Bible still commanded them to encourage one another day. 
And so we have no excuse where you can reach out using these devices. Give somebody a call. Ask them how they're doing. He's always encouraging to hear from others. Have other people on your mind. Again, don't just call people when you want something. Call people just to see how they're doing. Reach out and touch someone. Amen? Number four, open your eyes. At church, when we're singing, when we're there, just look around. Hmm, who needs encouragement? The Holy Spirit will guide you to that person. You don't see anybody that needs encouragement there? Walk up to somebody and just say hello with a smile on your face. How are you doing? How are you doing this morning? How was your week? But open your eyes. Ask yourself, who can I encourage today? How can I encourage this brother? How can I encourage this sister? Don't wait for others to come to you. You make the first move. Again, if you get to church late, you can't do that. Get to church early. Get up Sunday morning early. Spend some great time with your God and make your way to church. Get there early. I appreciate our ushers and those who are on the worship team. Every week, they show up early. This to serve their, all of us. We can't take them for granted. We need you. You're part of the body of Christ. Get to church. Come and serve. Come and help us out. Number five, use the Bible. In the fellowship, we must learn to use the Bible more and more. The Bible has so many incredible passages that we can use to encourage one another. Share your quiet time. Share something you learned in your quiet time that week. Share a passage. Talking is not enough. Yes, it's great to listen, but there's nothing like when somebody just opens and, you know, bro, I, I, I got a passage for you. I hope this encourages you and just read it. Number six, remember the little things. Know people's birthdays, their anniversaries, or people you are in a disciple relationship with. Get people to sing. One of the things I like to do is when somebody's birthday, I just call up on the telephone. And a lot of times it goes to voicemail, and that's okay. And I sing happy birthday. It's the thought that counts. I don't think they're sitting there going, man, Richard cannot sing. You know, if, if, they, if they've thought it, they've never said, nobody has said it to me yet, but that's okay. But I just think I'm happy birthday. If I know somebody's birthday is coming up and I know it, I'll put it in, I'll put, I'll put it in, my, in my schedule and I'll, and I'll text them, happy birthday, I'm thinking about you. It's the little things that, 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 that count. Number seven, ask, is there anything I can do for you? Again, especially when people are sick, we need to serve them, we need to serve each other. And we're very good at that in this church. And we need to continue. And we need to continue to grow in it. Is there anything you need? Is there anything I can get you? We may need to run some errands for people. That's okay. Be a servant like Jesus was. Number eight, go out often. Singles, go out on fellowship and encourage each other. Dating is not wife shopping or husband shopping. And it's not, well, I, I really don't want to get married, so I'm just going to stay home. 
That's not encouraging to you or to your brothers and sisters in Christ. Take your sisters out. Take your brothers out. Encourage them. Staying at home does not encourage you. It doesn't encourage anybody else. For those of us who are married. Speak your spouse's love language. You remember them, right? From that book, The Five Languages of Love, Words of Affirmation, Quality Time, Receiving Gifts, Acts of Service, and Physical Touch. Speak your, your spouse's love language. A lot of times I've been talking to brothers and I'm like, when was the last time you took your wife out? And they say, oh, we haven't gone out in several months. And I say, come on, bro. Take my sister out. You can do it tonight. You can do it this weekend. Get somebody to babysit the kids. Number nine. Encouragement every day. Every day is number nine. Encouragement is an everyday affair. Encouragement is every day. It is meant to be an ongoing in the life of every disciple. It is not something we do for a while and then stop. It's every day. And so you take the E from express your love, the N from never missing church, and so on. What does that spell? It spells encourage. That's all I've tried to do tonight. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 13, it says, But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We are commanded to encourage one another daily. Brothers and sisters, encourage, that word is a verb. It is action. We need others in our Christian life. Just this morning, I got a text message via WhatsApp that a brother who was one of the earliest, earliest song leaders in the Lagos church had passed away. He was uh, diagnosed with leukemia a few weeks ago, ended up in hospital. As a matter of fact, it was yesterday that I saw another disciple in the London church set up a GoFundMe page for him. And I got the news this morning that he's crossed over. And I was preparing the slides for this lesson as I got the slide. Wonderful, wonderful song leader. Wonderful, wonderful brother. And I just started to cry because I just... It dawned on me that, you know, all the disciples that have crossed over, that he's met them, that they're having a, a tremendous reunion. And, and I just started to cry. In a few days, it's going to be the two-year anniversary of my sister passing, November 5th, which is also Sarah's birthday. And so all that emotion, I was just crying, and my phone rang. And he's a dear sister who is now in the Orlando church. She and her husband were with us in, um, in Atlanta. She calls me dad. And I answered, she goes, hi, dad. How you doing? And she could tell immediately as I answered. She goes, what's wrong? And I told her that this brother had just passed. And she said, can we pray? I said, sure. And so I prayed, and then she prayed. And then she said, man, you need, to write a, you, know, you, you, you need to write a book about grieving. 
I said, why do you say that? He says, man, you've lost a lot of people. I said, no, I'm not, I'm not, writing, I'm not writing a book on grief. I said, I, I've taught about it and I will keep teaching about it. But I said, I am, I am not, I'm not writing a book on, on, on how to grieve. He's also a psychology major, by the way. But uh, it was so encouraging when I received that phone call. How, how did she know? I believe that was the Holy Spirit. And she was very happy that she called me. I hadn't seen her since Orlando. We saw, we, I saw her in Orlando with her husband and kids uh, when we went for the conference. And she called me at, at, at that moment. And, but I say all that, say it was very encouraging. This is a picture of the brother I'm talking about. His name is Kingsley Uriah Bulan. He said the prayer at their all church service, October 2nd, as they were celebrating Nigeria's independence. He said the closing prayer. It was four weeks ago. And now he's gone. And uh, the brother that sent me the message of his passing this morning sent me this picture. And I sent it to Daisy. Daisy knows him and his wife very well. Wonderful, wonderful guy. But he's now resting in peace. And the thing that encouraged me, even as I was crying my eyes out, was just knowing that, you know what, all these guys have gone on ahead to receive their reward. That's my encouragement. To know that he's no longer in pain. He's in a place now where there's no sorrow. He's at peace. Everything is new. And that's where you and I are headed one day. And that's why it says, because of the hope of heaven, you and I need to encourage one another with such words. That's what this is about. I hope this message has helped you and encouraged you tonight. I'd like for my brother Xavier the X-Man, if you can unmute yourself and lead us in a word of prayer. And I, right after that, Prince is going to put us in our breakout rooms. Again, I, I want to encourage you to stay behind and be encouraged. Don't, don't, just, don't, just, don't, 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 don't take off. Now, I understand some of you have to go to work, and so you got to go to bed. But I'm not talking to you. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to us who just, we, we shut off immediately when we're going to breakout rooms. Stick around. Sometimes a lot of the things that other people are sharing, I find it to be very encouraging. And so please stick around for the breakout rooms. Xavier, please lead us in a closing prayer. God bless you all.